Apple presents events at the Apple Store. Please welcome this evening's guest moderator, Michael Williams, from A Continuous Lean, and tonight's guest, co-founder of Harry's, Jeff Rader. <laughs> um, well, you know, congratulations on being here, and, and congratulations on Harry's. Uh, you guys are coming up on one year uh, of, I guess, your anniversary is in a Next week. Yeah, next week. So yeah. it's, this is a great timing for uh, this conversation for you guys. So, I mean, just for the people that sort of showed up here and were buying an iPad mini, uh, what's Harry's? <laughs> I'm sure uh, everyone really knows what it is, but we'll go through the exercise. That's, that sounds great. Yeah, it's hard to compete with an iPad mini sometimes. But um, So, I mean, first, before we start, thanks, Michael, so much for coming here, I think. When we were thinking about doing this, um, we wanted to have someone who was amazingly thoughtful about the men's space and a friend of ours, um, but not someone in our company. And, and it would, we're super grateful to have you here. So thanks. You just um, wanted someone that couldn't run away if it got bad, <laughs> if things went awry. Exactly. Um, so Harry's is a men's grooming brand. Um, today we sell shaving products. We sell razors and razor blades and shaving cream that we make ourselves, um, so we design them, um, and then we sell them directly to our customers on harrys.com, and what we we'll hope to do is just to deliver people with incredible shaving experiences, and that starts with um, the moment that people find out about us um, from the time they, to the time they go to our, our website, um, having an incredible sort of, you know, uh, delivery and unboxing experience where they get the product quickly, have a great shave, and then we want to, we try to follow up with them afterwards and make sure that they're having a really great time with our products and our brand um, and to just get to know them and hopefully sort of by doing that we can um, make their overall shaving experience better and make them enjoy shaving more. I mean that's the that's the first thing I was going to say is you know is shaving a good experience for you normally I mean did were you the type of person that couldn't wait to shave because uh, I don't think that's always the case for people yeah I mean today it's pretty good um, yeah, now I, you uh, like it. yeah. <laughs> no but I mean today my bathroom is literally like a shaving lab I've got 20 different products um, a lot of things that we have in development other products in the market. I'm just sort of constantly trying to understand uh, what makes a great shave. Um, and over time, as a result, my shave has gotten a lot better. I think prior to starting Harry's, um, I was like a lot of guys. Like I would wake up, have to go to work, need to shave, throw like some shaving cream in the air, catch it on my face, give a couple swipes and be out the door. Um, and it wasn't something I particularly enjoyed. Um, I think part of it also was just the whole process of getting the products wasn't great for me. Felt like paying a lot for them. And so we, you know, by sort of making the entire experience of getting products better, better, you know, making products that people are proud to use every day. And that can be as simple as making a beautiful razor handle that's weighted, that, you know, is designed to be really ergonomic. And then making products that give them a great shave that make their face feel really good afterwards. Like we hope we're helping to make that experience a little better for a few guys. Yeah, I think that when you look at, you know, the process of buying razors, you know, prior to Harry's and, and you know, just go, like, it seems like you guys thought a lot about what the experience was and, and took a lot of, like, took a really common sense approach to how you're going to, you know, make the company. It's like going into a drugstore and, like, having to ask them to bring out the yeah. thing to, like, then spend tons of money on, like, four things. It's... Yeah, and that's great. I mean, that's sort of how, why we started it. My co-founder, Andy, did just had that exact experience. He went to a drugstore. He was, like, literally running around trying to flag down someone to unlock the case where the razors were being held, which is pretty crazy that razors are locked up in the store. 
Um, he paid, you know, $25 for four razor blades and some shaving cream. Felt like that was a lot. Um, and then was opening up his bag and like the packaging and products and like, they were just very futuristic. And this blister pack didn't really appeal to him as a customer and thought, man, like there's gotta be a better way. Um, and I think that got us, he told me that I empathized with it and we got really excited about literally just trying to do it better. It's interesting the packaging is such a, I mean, just if you just change the packaging alone, it's like a huge win and yeah. a huge improvement. And I know Amazon has a thing where you can get like hassle-free packaging for certain things that you buy from them. And it's like an upsell, it's more expensive. Yeah, and I, I think we, you know, I think care and packaging in some ways kind of connotes care and product. I mean, a great example is from um, Apple itself, you know, had the opportunity to speak with some user experience designers from Apple, and we heard from them that they literally scrutinized the angle at which you had to tip an iPhone package um, to sort of have the phone fall out. And they wanted to make sure it was the exact right angle so that when you did it, it sort of fell out, fell out into your hand. And that was just an example. I mean, if they cared that much about that experience, how much do they care about your phone? I mean, the experience is going to be pretty amazing. And so, I mean, we care about every single detail of the Harry's product, um, including the packaging and that experience that you get when you open it up is so important. And we think a place where we can be super different from the stuff that you find in the store. Yeah. Have you seen other, other companies like sort of looking at it closely and have you started to see any of this stuff like make its way into the market, sort of following what you guys are doing? You know, I, I'm not sure in the shaving space exactly. Cause there, you're sort of still stuck with this problem that most of it's like locked up. So you got to make packaging that can kind of fit there. But, um, yeah, I think there's a lot of companies that are doing super interesting things in packaging, you know. Um, Although consumers do love when things are locked up and you can't get to them. It's, it's always, <laughs> it's pretty convenient. Yeah, like jewelry is cool, like, exactly. <laughs> I mean, so do you, do, you guys, do you guys think about yourself as a grooming company? This is like the thing where it's like, what is Harry's? Is it a yeah. uh, men's, you know, like a fashion company, a grooming company, a tech company? And can like, it be can it be more than one it thing? It can be whatever you want it to be. That I mean. sounds great. Those those all sounded pretty sweet to me. I know. I mean, in all seriousness, I think um, we want it to be a company that um, is centered around grooming. Um, and I, you know, for us, like we feel like there's lots of guys who, you know, take good care of themselves. Like take a lot of pride in themselves, the way they look, the way they act, the clothes that they wear. I mean, lots of guys are really continuously lean, right? And so, for us, I think. Um, we want to appeal to those guys and just tell them like, Hey, it's, it's cool to take care of yourself. Like, you know, and here's a set of products that are really well made, you know, priced affordably that you can use to do that. And then here's a bunch of advice and ideas around how to use them. Um, and so as we think about expanding, I mean, today we, we started with shaving because we felt like the experience could be improved so much there. But over time, I think we'd want to launch an, a set of products that have sort of our core brand philosophies at, at heart, you know, great, exceptional quality, like best in class, delivered at really good value relative to everything else in the market, um, not overly complicated, um, that help guys kind of take care of themselves in a real manly way. And so I think if we can do that, probably be pretty successful. So, I mean, it seems like it's, you know, it's about 
uh, you know, finding solutions to, you know, sort of problems that guys have in a way. Um, it's about that more than about being disruptive, which is like the term that, you know, lots of people like to toss around. Yeah. I mean, I think it, it's just about like, you know, I'm a consumer and this is what something I wanted. So it was more, it seems like it was more of your necessity. You're an Andy, you know, sort of needing this or, you know, it's like if you're, you have a well-considered life and everything in your life is sort of well thought out, like why isn't, yeah. Exactly. Like, why are there? Why are your razor blades locked up? And why have you been using the same brand that you used for the last twenty years when you've used other really cool, interesting things that you've sort of adopted in that period of time? And for us, it's like, yeah, rather than being disruptive, it's about providing choice. Like, here's a considered choice. Um, and we think that there are a lot of guys out there who are just really considered guys who who would sort of like that choice. And for us, like, if you're psyched about the current products that you're using and the experience that you're using to get it, like, you should definitely keep using those. I mean, we want to make sure that, like, we're actually having a positive impact on your life. But for people who really value choice and want something that is better and a, a whole experience that's better and a brand that really cares about them, then I think, you know, we would be psyched if they if they wanted to try Harry's and hope and, and enable us to deliver them that experience that, that we, you know, strive to. Have you noticed that guys are, you know, the the way that the, you know, it's like everything's sold direct. So have you noticed, has anything surprised you with how people's openness to ordering online or? or? Yeah. yeah, I mean, I think guys are getting more and more and more comfortable ordering online. I mean, I think about my own self, like I like to research products online, like read interesting people who write reviews about products or reviews about just sort of general things like life in general, um, consume lots of content that way. And then just sort of logical that I would shop there. Uh, I, you know, I've got a couple of small kids. And so the thought of like taking my two year old son to a men's store to try on three shirts, like makes my head explode. But the idea of like being able to buy, you know, a bunch of, of, of shirts online, you know, that I read really great reviews about, or that someone featured, try them at home, comfortably return the ones I didn't like, have a super easy experience. Like that's pretty seamless. And so I think we see the same thing with Harry's and, and for us, it's not only about buying the first time, but you know, not when we get to know you, then we can pop you an email with a big reorder button. You just click that button and like, you know, two clicks later through our site, you're, you're out and you have your blades two days later. Like it's a, hopefully a pretty seamless experience for dudes that, and saves them that trip to the drugstore and the soft rock music and everything else. Nothing, no, no offense to soft rock music. Yeah, no, I dig soft rock music, so. Um, when did, let's go back a little bit. When did, when did the idea come about for this? I mean, and, yeah. I mean, do you want to talk about the other, the other company that you were involved with? Oh, yeah, sure. That, Warby Parker. Yeah, some, you, some of you may have heard of it. Just, what are you guys doing there? It's like. These. Oh, okay, yeah. Um, just, yeah, so when, when did, like, Sorry, what's the, second. what's the timeline like with, like, Warby and, yeah. like, go, let's go back to, like, you the know. The very beginning. Yeah. Let's so, hear the whole story. Cool. So, Warby Parker, we started when I was in business school. Um, I was, had three, three close friends. We had the idea to launch a brand in eyewear. At the time, I had, like, you know, really expensive designer glasses, um, and they were literally being held together by a piece of duct tape. And I was a student. And I didn't want to change them. And I was like, man, I wish I could get a new pair, but they're so expensive. And so he said, man, I think we can kind of do it better here. Um, and so we took that time while we were in school and built the brand and launched it there. And it was amazing. From the day that we turned our website on, we're just blown away by the response. Um, and that kind of started this like this idea. One day we were talking about it. 
had the idea, couldn't sleep that night, woke up the next morning, was like, we gotta start this company. Um, and then we graduated from school and I stayed pretty involved at Orby Parker, but I had a day job that I kind of committed to go back and work at for a little while. And then Andy called me with that experience for Harry's, you know, where he was in a drugstore and didn't have the best time. And I just like, it was like deja vu. Like I felt the same way, couldn't sleep that night, called him the next morning. I was like, dude, we got to start Harry's. So we launched Warby about four years ago. We just had our fourth birthday. Harry's is almost a year old. It took us from the time that we had that initial call till the time that we turned our website on um, was about 18 months. Uh, and it just takes, I mean, the thing that's been humbling about both experiences and continues to humble us at Harry's is it's just really hard to make stuff like especially good products that people would want to use that we'd be really proud to sell and we care a ton about it. And so um, the better part of that 18 months was literally around like designing our own razor handles and figuring out the way that they'd swivel in your hand and making a razor blade cartridge that flexed a contour to your face and finding the best supplier in the world in Germany and all those things just take time and energy. And, um, and that's what, and we wanted to make sure that we could, you know, build an amazing product at our launch. And so that, that's sort of how that, it all came together. Did the experience with Warby Parker help accelerate w- yeah. what you did with Harry's? I, th- I think so. Um, and a couple of fronts. One, we had a set of amazing partners at Warby Parker that could help it help us a lot. And some sort of two. I think there were a lot of questions that you have around starting a company, like how do you build a website? And we sort of knew that. Or I knew that from the Warby Parker experience. And maybe the last thing that's been most helpful is, um, you know, when you start a company, especially before you launch, like. It's an emotional roller coaster. One day you have a great meeting, something like you think you're going to take over the world and build like the most incredible company ever. Um, the next day, like someone doubts your idea or like some call doesn't go your way or there's a product snag and you're not sure how you're going to get over and you're like, what am I doing here? And then the next day is like high and the next day is low. And so I felt that really acutely at Warby Parker. There were days where I was like, we, this is the silliest thing of all time. Um, and with Harry's, you know, I think having had that experience, able to sort of be like, yep, this is just like one of those days that maybe things aren't going well, but tomorrow I'm going to be on cloud nine again. And so having that just sort of perspective was super helpful the second time um, for us. I mean, what, what advice would you give someone that was going to start, like start a business, like start the next Harry's or something different? Yeah. I mean, I think probably first is um, just make sure it's something that you're really passionate about. Like when I started when we started both those companies, I, I was like, I couldn't think about anything else. It was like leaving parties with friends to go home and like research razor blades. It was like really weird. And so I think that like, seriously, but I think that you have to be that passionate. That's, because, nor- that's normal though. Yeah, normal behavior. Like yeah, reading shaving blogs at like two in the morning in like Europe. Um, but I mean, that's literally how we found our German supplier. And, um, and I think for us, like, and now our own German factory. And I think for us, like it just starts there. And if it, you're so excited about it that you can't think about anything else, the other thing I would say is like talk to a lot of people about it. Like I think there's this misconception that someone's gonna like steal your idea. Like there's gonna be like a Facebook. It's gonna happen again. And I mean, for every Facebook, there are literally a thousand stories of of the opposite, which is you talk to a bunch of really smart people, you get amazing advice, and they help you make your company better. And like I'm looking around in the audience, there are people here who we talked to about Harry's before we launched, and some things were really good, some ideas were really good, some ideas are like, I don't know if that's gonna work, and continuing to, continuing to take that feedback and make your idea better and better and better is super important so that by the time you're ready to start the company, like it's thoughtful. Yeah, well, you know, it's interesting you say that because I know, you know, some people that have 
come up with ideas and, and launch them and, and have gone to you guys and just, you know, and you guys have been so open and yeah. said, you know, you should talk to these people. You should look at this, you know, and yeah. instead of trying to be prohibitive and keep people away from you, you've no. like been very receptive and open to a lot of people, which I think is interesting. And, and I don't think that's always the case for everyone. Yeah. Um, it, it fires me up. I get so excited when someone comes with an awesome idea. I'm like, I like want to like start it with them, like jump up, give them a high five. Like, how can I help you? Let's go make it happen. Yeah. I mean, it's just like, then it's a like, really exciting moment. Then you're yeah. like, oh wait, I have, yeah, I, I have like, work to do. Shoot. Like, right. Do you think that, uh, do you, um, sorry, I lost my train of thought. You're going to, uh, you're going to have to say tell, something. You're going to have to joke? say something. Should I try to tell a joke or something? <laughs> I'll go. <laughs> um, Oh, what was it? What, what would you say to someone that, you know, you know, you go meet with someone yet, you, you know, you're launching Warby Parker, you have this great idea. I, I feel like there's so many people in the world too, that'll say that's never going to work. Don't do that. Don't waste your time. Don't leave your job. Yeah. What do you say? Well, I mean, wh what was your experience with that? So maybe two quick anecdotes there. The first is we, so we, we were like, you know, you the ambitious student at the time and thought we had to like, we could win like our school's business plan competition. So we entered in to the competition and we lost. And we didn't even make it to the finals. We like lost in the semifinals. And one of our friends who ended up making it like, was like in second place who beat us out, had a company called Cuddlebots, which was toy robots that never ever was gonna work or sell in the light of day. So, I mean, I think one thing is like, hey, like they're like, and people were doubters. I think the other thing, though, that was important was when we initially had the idea for Warby Parker, we asked a ton of our friends about it. Would you do this? Would you buy like a really interesting brand of glasses that were bold and priced affordably online? And like lots of people said no. And we're like, well, why wouldn't you? And they're like, because I need to touch them and feel them. Um, and for us, that was like, okay, so what can we do to sort of figure that out? And so we... Um, we created a home try-on program um, where people where we'd send people free glasses at home for free. When we started Harry's, one of our initial ideas was to just give razors away to people. Like, our product is so good. The moment someone tries this, they're going to want to use it. Like, we're convinced. And they were like, wait a minute, but we're going to cheapen our brand and our product if we just give it away. And we had to have, like, a discussion with people who could help us really understand that. And so I think that, like, there are just moments where you get great feedback that help that people may be down on your idea, but I think it's good to understand why. So you get great feedback, you understand why, and then you can sort of adjust and just make it bulletproof but before you, you launch it. Yeah, that's interesting. To go back to something you mentioned, uh, just about the your German supplier, and, and yeah. you know there was news not too long ago that you guys acquired the manufacturer, so yeah. you became a vertical, a totally vertical company. You know, how did that, I mean, what was the genesis of that? Yeah, so when we started working on Harry's, we literally tried everything in the market. And that's something I wouldn't recommend for most people. Most razors in the market are not something you'd want to touch to your face. Um, and, and we actually got discouraged for a while. We're like, we really want to make like a premium product that's amazing. And we couldn't find this, uh, someone who could actually make that product. And then finally, we found this amazing company. They're a 94-year-old company in central Germany, um, like, you know, an hour or a couple hundred miles from, like, you know, the Audi factory. And then, by the way, a couple hundred miles in an hour, about the same in Germany, given that people just drive quite crazy. But, um, but you know, from, like, Audi and BMW, and they, there's this amazing, like, legacy of, of engineering excellence there. And we tried their product. We're like, wow, this is really good. Like, we, this is it. Um, and they were literally the only ones in the world who could make it. 
And it has to do with the way that they grind steel into making these blades. And so we went there and we developed a partnership with them. What, like, what do they, wait, just to pause there for a yeah. second. What did they say when you guys came in? Because either, I'm thinking either they were, you know, like amazingly progressive and thoughtful and say, we want to build our business. So let's talk to these guys. Or they're like these crazy Americans. Like, yeah. No way I this is going to work. I think it started with the latter and transitioned to the former. <laughs> I mean, I think to start, they were like, who, who are these guys? And I think for us, what was really important is to be um, pretty uh, specific in our vision and to over time convince them of it and to always do everything that we said we were gonna do. So we told them that we were gonna launch our brand and had a specific vision, we showed them that. We told them that we were gonna order a certain amount of razor blades, we ordered and we paid. Like we told them that we were gonna do specific testing to make our product work as well as it could for customers. We did the testing, we showed them the results and we convinced them to help to sort of evolve the product for us. I think all of those things like built a tremendous amount of credibility and then we launched and we had tremendous success. People liked the product, they were reordering and we ordered a lot more blades and they're like, wow, this company is really taking off. And I think around that, we started to get to know them personally, like had these really long dinners in like the German forest, um, which were amazing with like, you know, the, the management of the company and just spent time like getting to know them and realized that we had a lot in common from a values perspective. Like they cared a lot about making amazing product. We cared a lot about selling amazing product and helping to sort of create better product. And, and over time just became really close with them personally. And then we were growing so fast that we felt like, and we were gonna have to invest with them to make the product, more and more product for us, that we felt it was a great time to be able to just buy the factory, own it, and then be able to execute a vision around innovation that starts with our customers and what they want, and then kind of goes through. Is that how the acquisition sort of started, just based on you guys knowing you were gonna invest money to help build production and then yeah. that's what... I mean, once we realized I mean, how special they were, we were like, we would love to own them or own, or own that capability. I mean, that it sounds literally weird was, when you say that though, like yeah, that. Yeah, sorry. Uh, love to partner with them in an acquisition. No, but I mean, seriously, like we would, we um, we knew that, we, that owning that capability was gonna be so valuable. And then w when we launched, the most amazing thing about us or our company relative to lots of others is like we get to talk to our customers every day. We email every single customer after the order and ask them how their experience is going with Harry's. And we get amazing feedback and have these direct relationships that are super important to us. And a part of that feedback is like, hey, there's things that you could do to make your product even better. And so we were starting to work with them to invest in that, but owning sort of the company and the factory, the capability ourselves gives us a tremendous ability to sort of really accelerate that innovation. and and use customers' ideas back. And so we call ourselves, and people like make a whole thing about being an e-commerce company, and we think of ourselves as like a vertically integrated commerce company or v-commerce where we can literally take ideas, funnel them back into product that go back to customers, and that flow, I think, will help us just continue to get better and better. Do you do you plan on ke keeping the distribution very much like direct-to-consumer? I know you, you guys have done some wholesale yeah. partnerships, I imagine, which is sort of based around marketing more than... Yeah. Yeah. I mean, for us, like, I think we just want to do what our customers really want. I mean, and give them a great experience. We think today that we can give them a better experience shopping on our website than you can, than they can in like a drugstore and so, or any other store. And so for us, that's incredibly important and valuable in the context of our Harry's brand. I think, um, so maybe that's the, the first piece. I think, um, 
some customers they'll like to go into like interesting men's boutiques, you know, and or, or, or places where there's other brands that they really like to see and and pick up our products. You know, we have we have an incredible partnership with J Crew, um, and lots of guys like go there, find product, buy it, and it's a super easy experience for them. And for us, that's great. Like we're just sort of trying to do what what, what our customers want and. I think in those partnerships, we can really appeal to that like considered guy that we were talking about before. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, I mean, this process, just you know, the launching of Harry's. I mean, how how much have you like learned in this process, and how how has it like changed? You know, even coming from doing Warby, yeah. you know, to this, you know, how much it, you know, like, and how much have you guys grown? And and yeah, know? I mean, so I learn every day. I feel like um, our team today is. 40 people almost, or I mean, give or, it keeps growing, so that's a moving target ish. Um, but you know, it's um, it's an amazing. We have an amazing team, and I think like they challenge me and Andy every day. I think challenge each other, um, and we're learning from our customers every day. And so, I feel like I'm learning a ton. And I mean, a part of it is just like how do we continue to like evolve our vision to be successful. And, and doing that, we just have to be super open-minded about a hundred things and just take sort of information, real-time process, and then try to sort of continue to get better, all in the aim of like just doing what our customers want for, for us. Um, and I think our, like there's a bunch of our team here. I think they you know, also are learning a lot and then challenging a lot of sort of notions that you know, may or may not be seen as traditional which in turn drives forward lots of our thinking collectively. So, I just wanted to ask you two quick questions. One, you're at a cocktail party. Someone asks what you do. What do you say? Um, I mean, do you say, like, I own a shaving company? It's pretty weird. Yeah, it's super weird. Yeah, it depends It, it just it opens yourself up to a million other questions, like, what do you mean? Yeah, and then you're there for... Exactly. You know. Like, you don't like that clean shave. And I'm like, no, I know, because I have a 5 o'clock shadow by, like, 11 a.m. Um, no, I mean, yeah, I, I say... Oftentimes I'll say like I run a men's grooming brand called Harry's. Um, I'm pretty pretty proud of that. So yeah, it's good. I, I'm not where, saying it's embarrassing. I'm just saying it's a little opaque. You yeah, know? it is opaque. And then like what with grooming? What do you mean? And I'm like, well, yeah, we, have, we sell razor and razor blades. We have a barber shop. I'm like, oh, cool. Then it makes sense. Um, yeah, and then some people get really into it. Some people are like, okay, good good talking to you. Um, no, I'm just kidding. People tend to be pretty excited about you know, startups and um, the ideas of, of starting companies. It's cool what grow. you guys have done. Yeah. One last question. Is what? there is there a lot of pressure at the office for everyone to shave? No. No? We have really? lots of I people mean, really? on our team. You don't, really? Yeah. Like, if you came into our office, you'd fit right in. It'd be completely fine. Um, All right. That's good. Um, yeah, I mean, like, for us, it's like, you know, we don't want to force some model of masculinity or grooming on dudes like what i think lots of guys look awesome in a beard michael you look great in a beard um i'm just kidding but we can end it there all right but i think like i think that uh that lots of guys like great in beards or with different facial hair and for us it's like that's your choice and we want to respect it and so it's important for us to um to give people that choice and when if they decide to shave like then we'd hope that they would consider harry's and that in that decision and so that's how we think about it and that extends if we're going to be true to that feeling then we it has to be that way with our team too um so that's a good way to look at it um okay we can open it up for some questions if you guys have any hi um my name is michael and i was wondering michael. if you could talk about um the risks and benefits of vertical integration yeah and how that process has gone for you all 
Sure. Um, so I think we touched on some of the benefits around, I mean, for us, being able to still deliver a superior product to customers, you know, being able to own design, make the customers products the customers actually want, keep prices really fair because we're super efficient because we own the whole supply chain. Um, you know, I think the risks probably come in the fact that uh, we have 427 new German teammates. Um, my co-founder Andy's actually there with, with them. Um, and we have a lot to learn about their company um, and a lot to learn about the way they do business. And it, I think when we, we really want to innovate fast, I mean, like we have all these great ideas, our customers telling us they want, we want to go. And so I think the biggest risk is probably in taking those ideas and just imposing them on them as opposed to like kind of working together on them in a really collaborative way. Um, and so adapting the style and pace of an 11 month old startup uh, in, in the US to a 94 year old manufacturing company in Germany is pretty drastic. And so that's what we're thinking a lot about. And I think the good thing for us is that we feel like, again, we're really close with the people who run the company and we're very highly aligned on our vision. And so um, that's what we, we hope will help us sort of get over any of those issues. That's helpful. Was the press surprised in Germany when the acquisition was made. Yeah. I mean, what was the press coverage like? It must have been crazy. Yeah, I mean, they. it's kind of crazy. The thing that's so uh, awesome for us, it also comes with a lot of responsibility, is it really impacts this whole town. I mean, like working at this factory is something that's a really great and sort of proud job in the whole town. And, you know, it's like there are people who've worked there for 40 years who where there's you know, three generations or two generations. And so they interview like the mayor of the town and they're like, what do you think? And all that stuff. And I think the good thing is, you know, people there generally view it as this opportunity to be truly innovative with a brand um, that they've never really had. And so we kind of all view it as a partnership and that came through in a lot of the press, which was really reassuring to us because we had no idea. It could be like crazy American internet boys come to Germany. I mean, the, who knows what sort of the, the headline could be, but it was B -O actually pretty positive for us. B-O-Y-Z. Yeah, boys. exactly. <laughs> internet boys. <laughs> Yo. <laughs> um, another question? Where did, the, where did you get the name Harry's for the company? Yeah. So... Naming company is really hard. After we named Warby Parker, I told my wife that she was naming all of our kids. Um, <laughs> but um, so we were thinking about uh, shaving as this ritual, really kind of personal awesome ritual that's passed down from grandfathers to fathers and fathers to sons. And Andy and I just started to make a list of all the grandfather and father figures in our lives um, who could be just an interesting sort of inspiration for our, our brand. Forget about a name. And there was a guy in my life named Harry. And we just sort of stopped and we're like, Harry? That's kind of funny. Like, could we call a shaving brand Harry's? We both sort of giggled, and that was it. Um, and um, and for us, like, we kind of like that it's approachable, everyday name, um, and that's how we want our brand to feel, friendly, approachable, um, kind of likable, and um, and not take ourselves too seriously. And so um, just kind of felt like it made sense for us. Hi, uh, what was the thought process behind being a socially innovative company for Warby and their buy a pair, give a pair, and then for Harry's with the give a shave? Yeah, I mean, I think it just starts with us wanting to have a really positive impact on the community. You know, we're doing this at the end of the day because we want to have impact, impact on our customers' lives. Hopefully our team, we're impacting their lives in some way, or they're impacting their lives by building an awesome company. 
and then we felt like we can have a broader positive impact and do good in the com in the community and and have that not be like a, something that's sort of a part of our business but core to our business so that our customers feel like they're kind of supporting that good that's happening um, and we literally like from the day that we started Warby Parker it was something one of the core tenets of our company and I felt the same way with Harry's and today what we do is we donate 1% of our sales and 1% of our time and the time piece is really interesting it's going to be over a thousand hours this year we hope at Harry's um, to working with nonprofit partners that help prepare people for personal and professional success, which effectively is the payoff of a great shaving experience. Um, and so it's amazing for me to see our team spending time with incredible organizations like City Year, Europe, or this amazing organization called Defy that help um, you know people to do just that. Um, and we do it in a way where we invest, where we sort of focus on skills that we have to help them do that. So. You know, we do design projects and engineering products, help them with customer experience, things that we're good at um, and can let bring to their organizations. And we hope at the end we'll have a really amazing impact. How do you uh, go about the challenges of gaining consumer exposure by starting out as an e-commerce brand? Yeah, how do we let people know about us? Um, so we come to the Apple store. I'm just kidding. Uh, every day. <laughs> yeah, every day. And we just sit here and say, Harry's, Harry's, Harry's. No, it's... Um, he I makes me. He makes me walk around and change the website on every computer to Harry's. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. It's been a slow process lately. <laughs> um, so no, we. I think for us, um, it's important that people discover brands, our brand, um, from credible sources. And so, the the most credible sources that we know are people like Michael, who are super thoughtful and considered about the men's world, who who have great taste in brands and can sort of look at our brand against a set of a hundred brands and say, Hey, you guys might want to consider this, um, and have people who use our product, try it, like it, talk about it. And that starts there. And then hopefully that lets enough people. So that's sort of editors, PR people who are authorities around grooming. Um, and then I think from there, like people use the product and if they like it and we give them a great experience and they're just highly inclined to talk to others about it. And so, the vast majority of our people who come to our website come because they just type in harrys.com or they go to Google and they write Harry's. They've heard about it from somewhere before. And the best that we can tell it's from, you know, people who, who have tried the product, who like it, who speak well about it. Um, and that's, a, I think, a really important thing for us to kind of continue. And it puts the onus on us to deliver people awesome experiences so that they want to talk about it, tell their friends, tell the world. Um, that's how, we, that's how we've done it so far. And we've gotten really lucky in that regard. Um, and work with amazing people who help us there too. Hey, uh, I'm curious if you guys have tested any uh, straight razors and what you think of those. Yeah, so tested a bunch. Um, it's not for, it's for kind of the expert shaver for sure. We shave people with straight razors. So we have a barber shop on McDougal right south of Houston and we actually give people straight razor shaves at our barbershop. Um, and our German razor blade manufacturer makes straight blades. Um, they make straight blades for some of the best brands in the world, actually. Um, or, um, and, you know, for us, like, I think to get an amazing straight shave, you, you just need to be super careful, obviously, because it's now you're talking about a sort of unguarded razor blade that you're touching to your face. Um, and you should also take time in that process. So, you know, getting a shave at our barbershop takes 40 minutes because we have a barber really prepare your face for the shave, put on oil, hot cream, 
you know, hot lather, then shave you, then sort of, you know, give you aftershave and a bomb. And at the end, you feel great, but you've kind of gone through this real amazing experience. You've had someone who's expert shave you in that way. And so if you're an expert shaver and you have that time and you want to go through that ritual, I think it's an amazing experience that, that you should go through. Um, and we encourage it for sure. Um, I think what we found is for lots of guys, they sometimes may have that time, may not. And when they don't, and they just want a really great shaving experience, um, that sort of fits their everyday life, that Harry seems like a reasonable, sort of our normal products, or our core line seems like a, a more reasonable choice. Does that make sense? It did. Cool. Watch out for those straight razors. <laughs> yeah. We've had some accidents with people too, just you know, experimenting on our team and otherwise. You know, hey, I just had straight, tried straight razor, like didn't really know what I was doing. Like, oh yeah, it's tricky. <laughs> um, so I think it's for, uh, it's for people who really know what, what they're doing. Hi, um, I have two, second one's a really quick question, but um, you talked a lot about feedback. Uh, I was just wondering if you could give uh, some advice on how you would best approach the process of getting that direct feedback um, from people. And then second quick question is just, are you a Truman or a Winston? <laughs> it's not fair. Second question's not fair. <laughs> um, <laughs> Does that happen a lot? What's that? You that know, question? Yeah. yeah, it's like choosing between children. It's like... Um, so I'm, I'm just going to sort of say I love them both equally and unconditionally. Um, but, um, but I think on the first one, <laughs> it's funny when you start selling stuff and you have customers, like don't have to really solicit feedback, like it's coming. Um, and I think, um, and I think the opportunity then is to sort of whatever feedback they have to, you know, make, um, them really, really happy. Um, and with a product like a razor, like someone may try Harry's for the first time, the vast majority of people like emails like we love you. We're like we love you too. It's awesome. Like, you know, let's continue to. And literally, we we track what all of our customers say every week. And customer love has like been the number one thing for a while, which is, makes me like really happy. But there will be instances when someone will try the product and you know they'll have a question about it. And I think answering that question in a thoughtful way or just being super awesome and polite and earnest and nice like goes a long way. People aren't used to it. Like they're used to talking to you know a machine or being on hold for twenty minutes. Like having someone kind of pick up the phone and just like want to engage with them and love them almost unconditionally is a really nice thing. So we end up having calls where we'll talk to customers for like 20 or 30 minutes. Um, and they, t they start out with a question and it ends up, I don't know, like a life discourse. And I sort of tell that, I tell our customer experience team that like they're, some, they're the most important people at the company. Like they get to have those discussions every day and they're on the front lines. And if they do a great job, like um, when they do, as they do a great job, it, it you know really matters in terms of how people feel about our brand. So, I guess that's the just kind of be nice and real and honest goes a long way. Hi, um, what percentage of your customers are women, and is that customer interesting to you? And if so, what are your plans in the future to go after that customer? Great question. Uh, about I should have asked that. Yeah, we love women. Good thing she's here. Yeah. I mean, we're, we're certainly focused on delivering guys an awesome shave, and I think we don't want to confuse people about what we're kind of after, but what we heard, what, we, what we've seen, well, first what we heard and now what we've seen is like lots of women really like guys' razors um, because they think they work better. Um, and I think, you know, our razors work really, really well for women. My wife uses Harry's, lots of friends or women who use Harry's. Um, and what we've, we've heard a lot from guys, like she's had an email this morning from a, friend who's a 
uh, a girl who's a friend of mine. She's like, my marriage is getting in tough shape because I keep using my husband's engraved Winston. And like, she's like, do you think I can get one too? I'm like, yeah, of course. Um, like, and you know this somebody. one, I'll, this one will be on me so that I can save your marriage. It'll make me feel it'll be like a good deed for the day. Um, so, but seriously, I think um, you know, women really do like uh, to to use it. And for us, the opportunity that we see is to make a razor that's has all of the shaving technology and benefit and engineering of a Harry's razor and just make it work well for women. Like the challenge of shaving your legs just ergonomically is different than the challenge of shaving your face. So we actually think we can improve on our product and then deliver it to women and we're working on that. As I sort of mentioned earlier, it's really humbling to make products so it's t- taking us some time, but we're gonna get it when we get, as we get it right and we're getting it right every day. Um, we're super excited to launch amazing products for women. So stay, stay tuned. Good one. Thanks. Thanks for being here, Jeff. Thanks for being here, Michael. Thanks for, I mean, I Thanks for being here, guys. Yeah. Thank you. (laughs)